Here's Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. We're going to bring in John Carney of Breitbart, who's going to tell us about this Silicon Valley bank business. God, here we go again. John, welcome. Sorry to get you sooner, but this is a front-page story everywhere. You know, I'm watching Kevin O'Leary. He's on Fox Business' Neil Cavuto show. And... um, and Kevin's saying kind of what I think, that this is not a national problem. This is not a run on the banks. It's not 2008. This is a problem of bad management, uh, a board that didn't oversee things properly, a mismatch of assets and liabilities as the Fed raised interest rates. Uh, but that's what this is. This is a localized thing. Now, there may be some other California banks. I don't know. I think you're a little more concerned about that. But basically, uh, I don't think this is systemic. This is not 2008. We shouldn't guarantee every deposit and do all the emergency measures that we did then. What do you think? I agree with you, Larry. I think that this is this bank had some very particular issues, one of which was a huge concentration of very large deposits from from startups and venture capital companies that are all linked to one another. So if you have a big bank with diversified depositors, you know, ordinary people putting in, you know, a few thousand, tens of thousands of dollars, even they don't all act together in a concentrated way. Typically Uh, what, because of this bank's customer base uh, was Silicon Valley, that when a few and Silicon Valley power is quite concentrated in the hands of venture capitalists. When the venture capitalists said to their operating companies, hey, you know, we're literally worried about that bank, maybe pull some money out. You had in one day $42 billion of deposits come out of uh, Silicon Valley Bank, according to the California regulators. That's not something, you know, most banks can stand up against because you have to sell assets quite rapidly in order to try to, you know, pay the depositors. And when you're, you know, and when you're selling assets at a fire sale, you don't get the best prices. So you take even bigger losses, which panics, you know, your depositors more. So they had these very large concentrations that were quite pro- prone to flight risk. You are right. Kevin O'Leary is right. Management should have anticipated the flight prone nature of their deposits because they're very different than a standard bank's deposits. Most banks do not have 93% of their deposits as, you know, at levels too high to be insured by the FDIC. So this is, you know, this is an extreme case. That said, I am worried that people are going to wake up, you know, as you said, it's a front page story, see the headlines, Mm. think, uh uh-oh, is my bank okay? (laughs) Maybe I should take it out and move their money somewhere else. These things don't always go in a logical order. So the problem, the problem with, Silicon Valley Bank is not the same as the problem with the bank that failed earlier in the week, Silvergate. You know, very different problems at those two banks. The next bank might also have a problem. I think we're going to have to hear something strong from regulators, perhaps Jerome Powell himself, to, you know, sort of stem a panic from developing. Well, I just wonder if you come out and the FDIC says we're going to guarantee all deposits all money market uh, funds, et cetera, the way they did in 2008, uh, that would cause a panic. I mean, it's, I think it might because I mean, people would be worried that, that right. they were signaling something much worse was happening underneath. 
And frankly, I don't think it's necessary here. Most of the this bank still had. I mean, if you look at what their assets were, it's Treasury bonds, it's Ginny May securities. It is so they this bank has a lot of assets. Those assets can, in an orderly way, be liquefied mm. in a way that will probably end up paying off even the non-guaranteed deposits. Right. So I'm not that worried that that they'll actually lose money. But what there could be is some of these companies could face a liquidity crunch if your payroll. Is, is, you know, if you were depending on those deposits to make payroll, you may have to tell some of your vendors or your employees, we're not going to be able to pay you right now. Uh, and you may have to hit up your, your you know, the venture capitalists who were injecting money and aren't anymore for some extra liquidity because you're not going to be able to access some of those funds. But again, the FDIC is really good at this. And I think they will or they're going to be able to find buyers for a lot of these assets mm. and that a lot of the de- even the uninsured deposits will get paid off. But I do think it would be a mistake to just declare, no, they're definitely all paid off. and will give everybody cash right away. That's not how the system's supposed to work. Yeah, I mean, that's and I, I, yeah. that's moral hazard stuff. And it's, you know, the, the public will see this as just another big bailout. And I think that's a problem. Look, your point about the cheap money ecosystem, you're right. And that, that's why I blame management. I mean, sure, a year ago, you could buy money for zero. So you own bonds, uh, I don't know, whatever the tenure was a year ago, but you know, say it was 2 2.5%, something like that. Now you've got 5, 5% cost of money. The return on governments are 370 uh, I don't know what Ginny Mays are trading at. But uh, it's a mismatch. It's a classic liability asset mismatch and they should have seen that coming or they should have taken steps, you know, as the fed funds rate and the repo rate and so forth. And what you're paying your depositors, they should have taken steps to deal with that. And they didn't. And then all of a sudden they, you know, they're selling into a bear market and then all of a sudden they're going to have a bond offering. Well, they can't do that because the market wasn't there for it. Yeah. I think that a a lot of this is actually stems from the, underestimation of the strength of inflationary forces. Mm-hmm. And part of this, I do have to say, is on the Federal Reserve. They're the ones who insisted, and the Biden administration insisted, that this was all going to be transitory, that they would you know, hike rates a bit, and we wouldn't end up you know, in where we are today. So that mistake, I have to say, probably did mislead some of some bankers into saying, "Okay, rates might go up a little, but not that far because it's just transitory inflation. Turns out inflation wasn't transitory. Rates are going up even higher. That puts these, you know, as you're saying, that it puts their funding uh, and asset mismatch into under extreme pressure and also, by the way, creates opportunities for people to do things other than deposit cash in the bank. So just at the retail level, cash is becoming more expensive for these banks. And if you are, you know, if you're the VC fund, instead of having a bunch of money sitting, earning basically nothing in a you know, savings account somewhere, why not put it into a two-year treasury that's paying you 5%? So that's, you know, that's the other problem is we're getting that. And that's basically quantitative tightening, right? Quantitative yeah. easing flooded the banking system with deposits. These guys, the, I think the deposits at... Silicon Valley Bank doubled last year. Mm. So they, you know, the, the shot through the roof. Uh, maybe it was the year before that. But anyway, you, you know, post-pandemic doubling of, of, of deposits, 
They have to do something with that money. You can't earn anything out of short-term treasury, so you, you go longer out. You're still buying what's you know, a safe asset, but now you get crunched once the interest rate risk uh, takes hold. Well, inverted yield curves will do that. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. And um, if the Fed had started earlier back in summer of 2021, for example... Instead of denying inflation or transitory inflation, maybe we wouldn't be where we are right now. And then they adopted a a crazy framework where they said, you know what, we're just going to wait to see how high inflation will get before we'll do anything about this. And that turns I think I think that the reframing and that's on Powell. He drove that process. But he went reframing. He went, you know, he followed Biden's line. It was the you know, it was Janet Yellen, the Biden administration that started that. Eight, you know, there's no inflation, then there's transitory. And he started echoing that. And that, you know, he's got 1,000 PhDs that should have told him differently. But, of course, they didn't. No, I think I think they actually, it, you know, it's a little bit like they always say the generals fight the last war. A lot of people thought the government didn't do enough to help in the aftermath of the 2008-2009 crisis. Yeah. And so they, so they thought this time – well, let's err on the other side. Let's let's risk doing too much. Well, they did, and this is what happens, right? We get yeah. runaway inflation, and now we're seeing that 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 the efforts to stem the runaway inflation are putting banks at risk, and so you see Silicon Valley Bank go under. There you go. All right, John Carney, Breitbart News Editor, Economics and Finance, and co-author of the Breitbart Business Digest. You can read their stuff. It's uh, really, really informative stuff. John, thanks very, very much. We appreciate it. All right, folks. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to bring in Miranda Devine. Oh, good. We can talk about uh, this whole Tucker Carlson tape stuff. Miranda was on the TV show. Anyway, I'm Cudlow. We'll be right back with Miranda Devine, ace columnist of the New York Post. This is The Larry Cudlow Show. 